0: what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the Valley and start walking into your calling to record. I can't but that is the one thing that held me back was the belief that I could do what I'm doing right now. And it wasn't until I was praying for breadcrumbs and really looking, okay, God, who are you putting in front of me? Who are you answering my prayers through? It would be a friend that recommended a book. It would be an ad that I was scrolling on Instagram for a seminar for. And while I was trying to figure out like the coaching world, or I guess trying to figure out the coaching world, really just meant like I felt like I could be a coach, and so I'm like, okay, uh, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to do in order to become a coach? And so I found this coach, and she taught people how to become what they were supposed to be, not coaches, but she actually started coaching me in my previous business because I wanted to get better at whatever it was I was doing. I just knew that there was like something lacking. I was unfulfilled. You know, there was just a hole. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start therapy and I'm going to hire this business coach. And, you know, for the first like few weeks and I have all the sessions recorded and I would love to go back and listen, but we would meet every other week for a year or six months. Sorry. And so the first, maybe five or six, all we talked about was how miserable I was in my current business. And so she finally was like, okay, hang on. Like, why are you trying to do this business that every week we talk for an hour and you cry and tell me how miserable you are? Like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I can't do anything else. Like I was, I was a dropout out of college I have no real experience besides like being in corporate. I don't want to go back into a corporate world. This is my only option. Like I have to make this industry work. This is all I have to do. I'm just being a baby. I'm just being lazy. Like I need to do the things that I know I need to do. I know how to do this. I can be successful. So like make me want to do this. And I'll never forget. She's like, it is not my job, nor do I approve of you forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do all day. Like that is absolutely what you shouldn't be doing. And up until that point, I had post-its in front of me on my window. I had it written in my cabinets in my kitchen that in order to be successful, you just have to do a bunch of crap you don't want to do and keep doing it and you'll be successful. Like, that is literally a belief that I held on to because it's what I saw my parents do. It's what I was being taught where I currently was by a mentor. It's what everyone believed me around me. And I'm like, okay, well, this is how it goes. And so she was asked me what I wanted to do. What do you like to do? And this is the part of the recording I want to find because I just lost it. Talking about what I want to do and who I want to show up for. And I was talking about all of you guys. It without having your faces. But I like longed for this connection of, I, I just want to make people feel better. I want to make people know they're not alone. I want to be there to help them and say, this is your problem. That's not your problem. This is your problem. And I was just so on fire talking to her and crying. And after she just sat there and stared at me and she was like, this is what you need to do. Like, why are you not doing this? And it came down to, I'm not qualified to do it. I have what I say, I'm a coach. <laughs> so like, I'm a coach. And she's like, what do you think makes someone qualified to coach? And I said, and well, I was like, well, some sort of certification, schooling degree. She said, okay, put that all aside. What else do you think that they need to do to be a good coach? I'm like, well, they need to you
1: know,
0: really love people and really be passionate about this and listen and not judge and show up and be consistent and I was listing all these things and she's like do you have experience in what you're teaching people how to do and at the time it was I wanted to help people out of the valley which is the same thing as now and I said yes I, I've done that I got myself out of the valley of life so many times this is what I said now I know it wasn't myself obviously it was God but At the time, I didn't even really put God in the picture yet. It was still like, I have this longing. I want to talk to people. I have gotten out of the valley. So she's like, if you've done it, then why can't you teach someone else how to do it? I can teach someone else how to do it. I'm 100% confident that if you hang out with me, I am 1000% confident that if you hang out with me, I will teach you how to turn your life around. Like I am, and so she's like, so the only thing holding you back is you literally don't have a degree or a certification. So she had me do some homework. I studied and looked at in the state of Michigan, what you need to have in order to coach people, you need to have nothing. You can say you're a coach and not have any kind of certification. So then I started like really thinking like, okay, like, is this this thing that is made up in my head and how many other people are not doing something because they feel like they don't have the degree? Like, but I didn't go to school for six years. I can't do this. Or like my latest thing is God's like, you should be a pastor like in my ear. And I'm like, okay, absolutely not. Like I, like I will do everything a pastor does besides be a pastor. Like, what are you even saying to me? And then now I hear people all over the place saying that And people that like turned from what they were doing because they were like, I wanted to do this. And so you think like, well, I can't preach God's word if I'm not a pastor. Okay, yes, you can. You know, you don't have to go into a university. I'm not saying don't do that. Obviously there's tons of education and schooling and that would be amazing. I would love to do that. But all these things that we don't do and it's imposter syndrome. And I realized that when I I figured this out like my this whole business was really created from me seeking answers that people couldn't give me and then I realized that there are all these other women out there that are seeking answers that they can't find and so I'm like why is nobody saying the answer? How come no one is like coming out and saying this is why you feel so bad? Teaching you how to focus on the right things, teaching you how to be proactive in your life, teaching you how to live in your calling and stop people pleasing and Stop spreading yourself so thin and chasing after money and chasing after relationships and chasing after acceptance. Like stop doing all of that. I was so frustrated that nobody was telling me. So when I vented and told my coach, Melissa, and she said, that's imposter syndrome. That's what everybody experiences. Like everyone experiences this. And then I started asking other entrepreneurs and they did, they all experienced this. I'm like, why is, why is more people not talking about this? And because once I realized that I wasn't alone and that this was like normal in the growth process, I felt better. Like, oh, it's just so much easier now. Like, I don't, okay, this is part of it. I just need to push past that belief. And it was the belief was the first thing. Like how many of us have had a word from God that says to do something, but we still just don't believe it. And we still don't keep, we just don't do it. It's like, God's been telling you to start a Bible study. God's been telling you to make amends with that friend or that family member. God's been telling you to go to that church or to start that job or to quit that job or to write the book or to start a blog or to start a business. Like, but you're not doing it. And it's literally just the belief in yourself of saying that you can do it. And how long are you going to continue to not listen to what God is telling you to do. And then we, the other thing that we do is we, okay. So we know what we need to do, but we act like we don't. And then we keep praying, like, God, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. God's like, I already told you, like, I already told you, I'm not going to get like, okay, I'll tell you again. And then you're going to be crying in a week. God, tell me, tell me, tell me, are you actually going to do what God tells you to do? Because if not, you're going to, keep feeling the pressure. You're going to keep doing it. And I heard this quote by Michael Todd the other day, and it blew my mind. I paused. I'm listening to the Crazier Faith series by Michael Todd. I'm on part 10. But this was yesterday when I was on part nine or eight. I listened to both of them yesterday. So it was one of those. But he said this thing that just absolutely blew my mind. He said, If the enemy can't get in front of you, he will get behind you and push you. And that really blew my mind because I live my life with the mentality of I'm just gonna stay ahead of the devil's plan. Like he tries to trip me up. I'm like, ah, saw that, saw that coming, not gonna get me like, um, you know, I'm praying. one of the best prayers a mom can pray for her children is for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything that is happening in your family that is unwholesome anything that is happening that you need to be aware of that God can see. Like, I really think of like me and my husband are one. And then we're co-parenting with God. Like, okay, God, we can't see the parts that you can. So whatever's happening under my roof that I need to know about that is causing my children to grow apart from you and is getting the enemy in there. Make me aware of it. And every single time I pray that a couple of days later, boom, we find something out about our kids. Now our boys are 12 and a half. And then we have an eight-year-old daughter and a three-year-old daughter. And so our focus has been on these 12-year-olds that are like, how do we raise kids in the world, but not of the world when God is like embarrassing and I'm not going to preach God to my friends, mom, or I'm not going to bring my Bible to school, mom, or, you know, like I want materialistic things. I want these $300 Three hundred dollar Yeezys, and I want these to. And I'm like, okay, it's not about that. But I'm trying to teach these kids that are in this world of, look at what you can have, look how great we are. And so, I'm praying for this all the time that God just like intervenes because He needs to. So when I feel like I'm doing good, like on my own, like being a woman of God, uh, I am being still. I am learning to forgive and to not judge and not to seek the approval of others. And I'm doing the work on me. Because that's like to be the woman of God, you need to be. You need to do that work. That's our episode we uh, recorded on Friday. Um, I think it was like episode thirty eight. And it was all about your inner child. And it's going back to like, what are these traumas? What are these that are holding you back? You have to do the work. Let me rephrase that. God has to do the work. You have to allow God to do the work through you to make you the woman. That he needs you to be because where you are right now is where you are supposed to be right now. That's like a huge thing to think of. Where you are is where you're supposed to be. So, wherever you think you're supposed to be, how far along you're supposed to be in something, or what you have discovered, or your clarity, or your mind, or your mental health, or whatever you're looking to achieve. You are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. If God wanted you somewhere else and thought you were ready and that was the best plan was for you to move, he would move you. He would move you. He could do it. It doesn't matter. Like, well, I was supposed to, I was supposed to move that business, you know, said that they were going to hire me and I was supposed to get out of this job. He's been telling me to leave, but now, you know, they're laying people off. So now I can't get the job. So I guess I can't, that was where I was supposed to be, but now they're not hiring anymore. And you weren't supposed to be there. If God wanted you in this place, he would make a way. No man could close the door where you are supposed to be. So know that you are where you are supposed to be. So when you are kind of side note, woman of God, you are being who you are supposed to be. You are being a respectful wife or you're learning how to do it. You are learning how to overcome your own fear. Or if you have the approval of others, or you don't even know what's wrong with you, you just know that you don't like the way you feel and the, like, you don't like the way you are and you need to get better. You have a lot of anger. You're bitter. You're in a bad mood all the time. The signs that we see in ourselves, like these emotions, are really just like red flags, like, hey, something's wrong over here. It like, why are you getting angry? It's not because your kid is making you angry. Why are you getting angry? And that is what we need to dig deep and do our inner work. So when you are being where God wants you to be, and then all of a sudden there's like sound the alarm, a kid just got in trouble for making an inappropriate comment at school or um, like all kinds of things, you know, I get called for. And it's so easy for me to like get out of that atmosphere of God. Like I get a phone call. This just happened last week. I got a phone call from the assistant principal My son made an inappropriate comment. He said something stupid when he shouldn't have said it. He wasn't thinking. Impulsive thing. Okay, this has been an issue for us for a while. And so I get this call. He's suspended Monday. So what do I do? I get mad. I'm like angry. Like, oh my gosh, this kid. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Seriously, now I have to pick him up. Now he's not going to school and I'm all angry. I call my husband. I tell him he's angry. What the heck? I can't believe this. Like this kid's never gonna learn what's the matter with him. We're like mad and he gets home off the bus and I like don't even talk to him. I don't say anything. I leave to go pick up my daughter because I'm so disgusted at him. And God just like hits me and is like, this is what you're here for. Like this, you're here in this place because it's your job to teach your children how to handle situations to how to move through life. The only way they're gonna learn how to do it is by screwing up and then learning how to fix it. Just like us. There's, they're, they're no different than us. They are just little tiny humans and we're just big humans. And it's up to us to teach them that. So instead of reacting in a worldly fleshly way of anger, annoyance, don't talk to me, get out of my face. That's not how God treats us. When we sin and screw up, God's not like, don't come back here. You blew all your money. Don't come back here crying, saying you want to change, get out of my house. He doesn't say that. Or, oh, you're lying again. You want to say, you want to make your ego better. You want to act like you're doing better in business than you are. And, oh, look at me, look at my stuff. You should join my team. Get out of here. He doesn't say that. He's like, come on, bring it in. Give me a hug. Like he doesn't try to condemn us and make us feel awful. He's like, well, this is what I've taught you. This is what you do. And we move on. And so When Satan tries to, so my plan is like, I'm just going to stay ahead of Satan all the time. Like, I'm just going to stay ahead of him. And I stay ahead of him by always reciting what the enemy intends on evil, God will use for good. And I say that all the time. Anytime something goes bad, something goes wrong with a friend, with a family member, with myself, anything, I will like sit in it for a second. Like this sucks. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, you know what? What the enemy intends on evil, God will turn around and use for good. And then I try to find what is the good in this situation. So for my son, I'm like, what is the good in this situation? The good is that he got caught. Thank you, Jesus, for exposing what he was doing in the dark. He was in God's sight, but he was in the dark for me. God exposed that, brought it to life, and now I can teach him. Now he can learn. Here's why we don't say things like this. And then, you know, this has been a problem for a long time for him. And so I teach... The stronger you get in your faith and in your belief, the stronger you're gonna be able to teach it. Like the more you go through, the more you can help somebody else grow through. You're like, oh yeah, been there and let me teach you. So like we said the other day, even if your kids are 20, 30, 40, 50 years old it's not too late. The better you can become at this, the more advice that you can give, the more you can help a child. So if your child calls you and it's like, my truck just broke down and I owe so much money on this. And now I have this loan and I just lost my job. You're going to be like, it's okay. Like, let's just, I have good advice for you. I'm getting, you're not going to be like, you're so stupid. This is so financially irresponsible. You're going to be the voice that they need to hear. You're going to be able to help them through this, but Like what I'm learning right now through my own relationship with God is that we cannot do it by ourselves. Like I can't stop spending money by myself. (laughs) I've really tried. I really, really, really try. But when I really want something, there is just like no reasoning with me. Like I'm like, okay, we're saving money we're saving money. We're saving money. We're not blowing money on dumb stuff. We're not going out to eat as much. We're not getting coffee out. Like we're saving money because we're buying a piece of property. We're going to start building our house. So we're saving money. But like, I still really want to get Botox. (laughs) Like I just, I really am like, but you don't understand. Like I've come this far to like, stop doing something. Like I really want to do this or like my, my nails. I like love getting my nails done. And I just really want to get them done. Like it just, it brings me so much joy and I just really like to do it and I can't stop doing it on my own. So what I've realized is that when, when we end, like when our selfish desires are like, no, I can't change this. Like you're in a bad mood all the time with your kids or to your husband, you're just like snotty and you cannot change. That is when like, my son is impulsive and he doesn't like know when the right and the wrong time to say a joke is, like he can't do it in his own strength. We have to ask God to do it instead. Like, hey, I'm at the end of my ladder here. I cannot save money. I cannot stop spending. Make me want to stop spending. Make me want to save money. Like change that in me. And God shows up every single time and fills that. It's like you you have half of a pie and you're like, I cannot fill the rest of this on my own here. You just have to do it. And he's like, oh, like, here you go, it's done. And you it literally helps you. And so I now am so grateful. You know, I try to stay in front of the devil, which is really great to do. Staying in front of the devil, you can stay in front of the devil. Like you can because your perspective, you can because your emotion. Um, I'm not saying like, he won't trip you up because even Jesus was tempted by the devil. Like he will still tempt you. But if you're in constant connection with God and you're like, okay, like, you know, his scripture that you can combat, you know, everything like, this is okay. What does God say? Let me research this. Um, We've had a lot of pornography talks in our house about like the dangers of it and what happens and when you're married and how it messes with you and your brain. And we, like, we talk about it really openly and we're very open and talk all about it. But these, these things that you need to be talking about in your home can only be talked about if you are open and accepting and you are in God's word and you're looking like, what does the Bible say about pornography? What does the Bible say about lusting after someone? What in comparing things to scriptures, but the devil can get behind you. So like what Michael Todd said about if the enemy can't get in front of you, he'll just get behind you and push you. This is what I've experienced a lot. Like when you're in a tight spot, the devil hard presses you. Like you're in a tight spot financially, and then now you are like, Oh my gosh, I like really don't have money now. And now I'm even harder. And now we're going, my husband wants to divorce me. Like when it rains, it pours. Or you're fighting with your husband. And then all of a sudden, and this is what Michael Todd said. He's like, you're fighting. He said with your wife, um, you know, you're just, you're going through a hard time in your marriage and it's really rocky and you're falling out of love and you're having a hard time and you're fighting. And then all of a sudden this girl slides in your DMs and is like, "Hey, how are you? Like, you look nice." It's like the devil will tempt us when we're already in a hard spot because he knows it's when we're weak. Like, "Oh, I'll get them when they're weak." And that happened a lot in the Bible when there was battles and stuff. Like, "They're like, we're gonna attack them when they're weak, when they're healing, when they're we're gonna attack them when they're weak." So the, you might think like, "Oh, I'm praying, I'm staying in the Word, I'm staying focused, I know where I'm supposed to be, I'm listening, I'm waking up to God." and be careful that the devil doesn't sneak up behind you and push you because he pushes us like when i was trying to um uh, like a perfect example right now i am still thinking like last week i was still thinking that like i need to be doing something i need to have a business i need to be bringing in money i need to be making more money like Like, I need to be because that's what I've been. I've like, my flesh is like, I'm a workaholic. I work all the time. This is my worth. I work hard. I make a lot of money. This is my worth. It equates. But God is like, no, it doesn't. That's not true. And so the devil's been like tempting me over here with like pushing me of like, what are you going to do? Are you going to write your book or what? Are you going to make shirts? Are you going to sell those shirts? Are you going to sell those necklaces? Are you going to redo your course? What are you going to do? What are you doing? Come on, let's go. You got to do something. You got to do something. And he's pushing me, pushing me. And so I'm like, okay. I need to, um, I need to make a decision. What am I going to do? And I start like stressing as if like, I have to make a decision. I don't have to make a decision right now. You don't have to start a podcast right now. You don't have to quit the job right now. Like slow down. Don't let the devil push you behind you prematurely before you're ready to do something or put that urgency behind you when it's like, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to do this, but we we pray, like I said earlier, we, we pray that God shows us what to do in our lives and in our calling and to feel better, but then we're not doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing. So it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we said, I'm glad you needed to hear that Becca, because I felt like for a second, I was like, where am I going with this? God was just like, I don't know. God was just like saying things. I'm like, who needs to hear this? Um, but It goes back to a couple of weeks ago or months ago now, probably when we did the exercise of close your eyes and ask God, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, what is my next move? Where, what is the answer to my prayer? Like, what do I want to do in my life? What am I here for? What do I need to do to start feeling better? Like ask God that question. If you feel, if you take a mental inventory of where, where am I right now in my mindset? How are things? Am I, am I okay? Am I really, really bad? Um, You can go and look on, uh, you can just, I have it posted somewhere on my Instagram, but you can just Google Abraham Hicks emotional scale. And go and look at that and see where you are. Are you a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six? Are you a 17, 18, 19? Where are you on there? And look, and if you are not in a good place mentally, ask God, what do I need to do next to get to a good place? And then be quiet for like 30 seconds to a minute. What do I need to do next? What do I need to stop doing And you will hear the answer. It is like a very emotional, spiritual thing. A lot of people cried the first time we did this because it is this feeling of knowing. And as you're building your business or building your brand or walking down the path of your calling, the goal is to believe in yourself faster than you do. If God has already said it, because you know that what God has said will not fail and start to believe in that, like, it's really not ourselves. I think it's like our true, like inner spirit connected to the Holy spirit is really what is the, this like decision-making, but our flesh and like the, what the world has done to us, like the people pleasing or like you're fearful or these things will like hold you back. But the inside deep Holy spirit inside is like, tells you what to do next. And when you start to hear that and believe in it and put it into action and walk in that and feel and experience that truth, you'll be able to make these decisions more and more and more and more and faster and faster and closer together because you now will identify the pattern of God. You will identify how God's talking to you. You will hear his voice faster uh, because you'll know it. And you'll be like, yep, God told me to do that. Um, Just like God told me yesterday when I was sitting in church and they were talking about Ukraine and they're doing this $50,000 donation to this ministry that we're connected to in Ukraine And they are like, we're believing in a big, huge, crazy goal of $50,000 to be sent to Ukraine. So we're taking the offering on March 23rd. So start praying now and whatever you feel God leads you to put in there, do it. And if he tells you nothing, then do it, do what God is telling you to do. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like I wrote down on my little like to-do list. I said, um, pray for, offering like how much I was supposed to give and before I even finished writing the word down like I tried to think of the numbers in my head like I was like oh I'll give like $222 like that's a the good like good like 222 two, two. that's been my number lately and then I'm like no no no. what about like what about like 2,222 I'm like okay that's like a lot of money and then I'm like I'm trying to think of the number and then I've also over the last two weeks have been i um, looking at wholesalers for crew neck sweatshirts because I'm designing a Christian apparel line. And so I've ordered some samples. They're going to be here this week and I'm going to be launching these sweatshirts soon. And I'm just like super excited about it, but I don't know what to do yet. It's still in the very like early stage, but God was like, put your shirts for sale and give me all the profits. I like heard that really fast and I was like, okay, absolutely not. (laughs) Let's go back to the numbers. Okay. Let's go back to the numbers because if you forgot God, I don't have any income coming in right now. And like, this was supposed to be like, I'm going to do this. And it's going to like have a meaning and a message. And it's something that people want, but it's also going to help like fund me to do bigger things and to finish my book and to do some, I don't know if you know how this works but if i give ukraine all the profits of the shirts like then i still don't have any money and so i like just dismissed it and then later on in the day it like i was thinking like oh yeah i wonder when those shirts will be here and i went to track them and again it was like give ukraine all the proceeds and i just like couldn't even believe that god said that two times and that's how you hear and that's when god tells you to do stuff like Call your sister and tell her you're sorry. Invite this person to church with you. Start reading that book you put down last week. And you'll start to realize when you can make yourself available like that, that you'll be able to realize that all day long, God is telling you what to do. And then as you do it, you start to really like have grace and love yourself so much Because you actually do know what's best deep down when you're linked with God. Like, perfect example is, so I've been listening to the series, like Michael Todd series. There's 13 parts in it. And I started listening the week between Christmas and New Year. I started listening. And they're, like, anywhere from, like, an hour and a half to two hours long each. And so I was like, okay, I'll listen to these 13. I want to have them done in, like, a week. Okay, that didn't happen. I'm still listening to part 10, and it's March 7th. So I've been listening all January, all February, and now seven days into March, and I still have three and a half left to go. So I've been beating myself up over the fact of I'm not listening to these fast enough, but part nine was on pride. And I didn't realize that pride is something I struggled with until last week when I was in my recovery program and learned all about pride. And I had this like aha moment of, oh my gosh, because I just read the book, the bait of Satan. It really lined that up for me to then realize like, oh my gosh, I have so much pride. And then I listened to this whole entire part on pride that I was pausing and writing down and highlighting things. And my mind was just being blown and I was thinking if I would have flown through this and listened to this in January, I never would have gotten this because I'm like, I don't struggle with pride. But so I was so grateful that I kind of was losing interest and in kind of slowing down and reading. And I was like reading other books and spending time in other areas. And I kind of set this down. So then when I came back, I learned like if I put a book down, it's because my the, the spirit knows like we're not ready for this yet. So if you're not at a place in your business, and this is why I said you are exactly where you are supposed to be, because whatever lesson you haven't learned, whatever mission God has already told you to go on and you still haven't started it, or you still haven't finished it, that is why you are where you are. Like. This is where you're supposed to be in God's eyes, because he wants you to figure out this next piece. Like for me, I knew there was something holding me back from writing my book. And now I know it was, I had to have this aha, like this pride revelation and realizing the, I need the approval of others. And I was a perfectionist and I was a control freak. Like I needed to learn all of these things and surrender them to God and move on. And then now I'm free to write my book. Now I'm in the right place where now God is having me actually write it. And before I was like, I need to write my book. Every day I would write it on my to-do list. Write your book, write your book. All day today, all I'm gonna do is write my book. And then I wouldn't write it. It's like, why am I not doing the thing that I know I'm supposed to be doing? It's because God doesn't want you to do it right now. Like you are not supposed to do it right now. So stop beating yourself up over the fact that you're not doing what you're supposed to do. If you're like, gosh, I still haven't like thought about my calling. I still haven't like figured out like what in the world I'm gonna do with my life. Maybe maybe what you're doing with your life right now is what you're supposed to be doing with your life. But you just need to take on the mission of, I am a mom and I'm a wife and I am raising up my kids. And I'm ending generational curses because generational curse, is something that your family couldn't deal with. They couldn't deal with it. So think about that. Like, let's say your mom was an angry mom. You probably became an angry mom. And you became an angry mom because it's what you saw and it's what was modeled to you. And your mom was an angry mom because it's what she saw and what was modeled to her. She couldn't change that. She wasn't strong enough to say, I am not going to be an angry mom. I'm going to change the way I parent. I'm going to be, she couldn't do that. But maybe it wasn't even just the parents, because that's the thing too, is it's like, well, you can't just blame everything on your parents, but you might have, it might skip a generation. But you might have this in you because your ancestors and people weren't strong enough. Don't be the reason why your kids' kids are the way they are, because you weren't strong enough to surrender it to God and say, I can't do this. I need your help. Like, honestly, it's up to us. So we are the biggest, and I'm. it's funny because I want to, you know, the book is called The Valley about where our spirits go to die, where souls go to die being alive, but basically being in hell, like you're not connected to God and you are miserable and you're in this cave. But then I just started thinking of another book and I was like, is this the book you want me to write right now? Like, is this the book I write first in the valley is second? But I'm realizing that the, the, the most deceitful trick the devil has ever pulled on us is to distract us. And get us to think that we need to be doing something bigger, better, more lucrative, a better title, a better social class, that we're not enough, we're not doing enough, we don't read enough, we don't teach enough, we're not in a good enough mood. That is like the best thing that the devil can do is just distract us. Because if we're looking over here at a shiny dollar, we're not able to parent our children the way that we're supposed to. We're not able to respect and honor our husbands like we're called to do. We're not able to focus on ourselves and be in the best mental state that we need to be in because we're focusing on building everything else. The Bible says that we are just like the animals. We die just like they do with nothing. Nothing. But the animals get it and we don't. Because we're so focused on chasing what we can have, what our dreams can be made of, how much money it can be in the bank, how big my check can be, if I can get a six figure ring, if I can get recognition like that, because we're longing and we're following things that are going to make us feel whole and complete, which they're not, it's just holes that were caused by our trauma from our past. That now we're like, I'm a people pleaser and I need all these things. So like, I need to be at the top of this company. I need to be the best. I need if I could finally show my husband, I could make money. If I could finally be successful and show my sister that I made it, if I can finally build this thing, someone will listen to me. It's, it's not like that at all. We're missing the mark. So, so many people I've talked to are like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be yet. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my brand is. I'm like, well, tell me what your life looks like, what has God entrusted you with? Do you have children? Because if you do, he has said that he has entrusted them in you. Like I am, you, you have to raise this child up, right? You got to teach them. God gave you that job. If you don't have your own kids who, is, who are around you that you've been entrusted to nieces, nephews, neighbor, kids, kids at church, the people that are just around you, your coworkers, you know, God can be using you to answer one of their prayers. Maybe for some reason, you feel like you want to ask that coworker if this bird just like almost like flew in my window. And I absolutely love, I did this like whole study last year on animals. And when you see animals and like, if animals start to want to hang out with you and stuff, And so every time, like there's nothing by my window and this blackbird just came and like hovered in front of my window, like while I was talking and then like flew away. And it was one, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, how awesome he just flew here. But two, it's such an exciting time for things coming back to life. Like I've shared before, like in Michigan, everything is dead right now. So the fact that I even like saw a bird, I feel like I was like, a bird is out like this close, such a good sign. But what are you, what are you just missing? Like what is right in front of your face and you're just missing it? That God is like, I have this assignment for you. He puts this coworker in your mind. Like I should ask her to out to lunch. And then she's actually like really, really depressed right now. Or she just got really terrible news. And God knows that you can make this person feel better. That you can be a friend. You can be there But you don't make yourself available and you're feeling introverted that day, like, oh, I'm not going to ask her to go to lunch. Like, I don't feel like doing that. I'm just going to sit in my car and like listen to my book. Or I'm just going to go and like get fast food or I'm going to work through my lunch. If we can make ourselves available in our day-to-day life, God can use us the way he intended. So if you're someone who's beating yourself up of what am I going to be when I grow up? Just really try to be present. And this is why I love journaling so much, because what you write down today, you will really want to look back in a couple of weeks and a couple of months to see like how far God has really brought you in that short time frame. Because if you write down right now, like, I don't know why I'm here. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I, what is God telling me? You write down what God told you where you should be focused at right now, where you should be present, where you should be missional. And you write all that down. And then in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks, you look back and see what God spoke to you and how you do know, you'll stop saying, I don't know. And you'll look and you'll say, I do know, I wrote it down. And then in a couple of weeks, you'll have a little more clarity. Because you'll have listened to a book or you'll listen to a podcast or you listen to a sermon or you go to church or someone you meet speaks life into you. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I have this whole revelation. And then you're going to get more of the pieces and more of the pieces. But when we're obedient and exactly where God has placed us and when we, like we're really in the dark, if you think about it, when you feel like that, when you feel like I am like not in a good place, I mean, the valley is a dark place. And we are putting ourselves in the valley because we are refusing to change. We are refusing to do what God told us to do to get better. And if you don't know what that is, that literally just starts with reading your Bible so that you know what God said to do because the Bible is just filled with it. So we're only in the valley because we're there, but God is using it to develop us. Satan is in the valley with us whispering in our ear, but God is there too. And he's using it to develop us in the dark so that when we get into the light, we're ready for it. We're ready to be seen in the light. We don't have the need for the approval of others. We don't have pride. We don't have jealousy and envy. We believe in ourselves and in God. And so that is what we're in the valley for. We're not ready to be in the light. And instead of God saying, oh, well, she's in the valley, scrap that one. Like we'll find someone else. He's like, no, let me Help you, let me develop you along this way. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to help you and bring you into the light when you're ready to use your talents and skills and gifts to make an even bigger impact than you're making right now. But it starts with a small impact. First, you impact yourself, then you impact your family, and then you impact your community, and then you impact the world. So don't try. To just go out there and get 100,000 followers on Instagram and grow this huge business and you're wondering why people aren't joining you and why people aren't following you and why they're not liking, commenting on your stuff because you haven't even started to impact yourself and you haven't even begun to impact your family because you have an attitude with them and you're irritated. You don't even want to hang out with them. You, You don't have patience for them. It goes in that order, yourself, your home, your community, the world. You can't skip it. So go back to make an impact on yourself by surrendering to God that you don't know what you're doing. You can't do this and you need his strength to do it and help you see exactly what you are here for right now. And don't let the devil push you. Don't let him push you. If you need more time, you take your time. You take your time, you pray. And if God says, yep, we're good, then don't let him push you into something prematurely especially if you have a habit of doing that, like I do. I was like, okay, hold on a second, hold on. I always prematurely like jump into something like this. I need to wait. And don't let the fear of running out of money or the impulse of, okay, I mean, did you check the bank account? Like we need to make a move. No, you don't. No, you don't. God will provide. Don't let fear dictate that. Okay, let me go up and see what Becca said. I've been praying to God to help me to move in the direction and take action because I already heard from him what he wants me to do. But I know I need to be present with my children and work on my marriage and faith more than focusing on the calling and purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I love that. And um, what did he, so you said you've been praying and you want him to help you move and take action because you already heard from him. What is it that he told you to do? Is what I would like to know, because then at the bottom, well, you're saying you're not taking action, which shows that God doesn't want you to take action yet. Um, because if you're not doing something, that's why, like always like, just realize that, like, if you know, you need to do something, you're not doing it. It's you're not supposed to be. Um, and then, but you said, I know I need to be present. So is this what he told you? I know I need to be present with my children and work on my marriage and faith more than focusing on my calling and purpose. Or to tell you to do something else? Um, and you can put, oh, to become a guide for other mothers to help them awaken their awareness. Okay, so this is perfect. Um, God will give us visions of what's coming to keep us excited and to keep us on our toes and to keep our mind on what we're supposed to be. Just like a vision board that we talked about at the beginning of this is really great to keep your eye focused on, yes, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're going. Maybe you're like really trying to be as healthy as you possibly can. So you're putting like a bunch of stuff, like healthy food and fit bodies and working out and running. And you're like, this is what we're, this is what the goal is. This is what we're doing. And so the visions I used to think were instruction from God, like, okay, you're going to be a motivational speaker. So let's go. You're writing a book. So get out your pen. But I learned over time that they were just these glimpses of like, this is what I have in store for you. So don't lose sight. Don't feel like, cool, Well, I'm just a stay at home mom right now. I'm just trying to raise my kids right now. I'm just trying to be a wife right now. Like, what is this? I want to be something more. Really, it's like, be, be still where you are. Exactly like you said, like, I need to work on being a mother, being a wife, focusing on those areas. And just know, kind of like put that in your back pocket of like, okay, like I'm going to create this brand. And when it's ready to be created, God will make me do stuff. So I just, as April was talking earlier, wrote down, um, helping women raise their families because I've been feeling like God's telling me to do some rebranding things, like just sh- sh- shift my direction, get a little more specific. But I don't know what that looks like yet. So I haven't like put that into action. I just had the vision like something's gonna change. And so when April was talking earlier, I realized like, oh, I cause I always start with my bio, like how my bio is going to like affect my whole page. It's like that statement of like who I am. So I always kind of like think in those terms, but I've been wanting to change my bio lately and I don't know what it looks like, but God just put that in my mind and said, helping women raise up their families. And then I was like, yes, like, I do want to empower women to do that. Empowering women to raise their family and generational curses. Like, yes. I'm like, okay, now I'm like getting somewhere. Like, I feel like I got like a little piece to this. It's still not ready, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a little more ready than it was. And I didn't like sit down and put out time to sit here and brainstorm my bio. That's me working in my own strength. That's my own ambition. That's not relying on God. Um, and awareness, it comes by, it's just like a muscle. Like the more you practice like okay, what is going on? How aware can I be right now? It's it just gets like easier and easier. Um, and if you didn't, oh, I don't think I posted it yet. But I, if you don't know yet, Becca, put this to become a guide for other mothers to help them awaken their awareness. Put that in a note in your phone. Call it bio, and put that in there. And every time you get like a piece of your bio, you can put it in this note and you can keep building on your bio and then you can see how it's changed and evolved over time because you can like actually track this and see like oh my gosh I remember when I thought it was this and like now I'm all the way over here and I actually just made a reel and I screen uh recorded my folder and all the different bios that I've had over the last like few months And you'll see how much I change it because I used to beat myself up over changing it all the time. And then I realized that it's actually a really good thing to change it because it shows that you're going deeper down your path. So again, don't beat yourself up over it. Realize like, oh my gosh, thank you, God, for this clarity. I'm going to put it in my phone and I'm going to keep watching it and keep doing it that way. Oh, you do. Perfect. Um, Yeah. A running note with that is like so good to have. But ask God today where you are supposed to be next. Just spend time asking God that, where am I supposed to be right now? And maybe you don't hear anything. And if you don't hear anything, then that's an answer in itself. That you are where you're supposed to be. And if you can't hear from God and you are like, how do you turn your brain off to hear from him? Then you need to focus on turning your brain off more and slowing down even more because you are still too busy and distracted. You can't hear from him. So maybe you need to wake up earlier. Maybe you need to go to bed later. To me, talking to God first thing in the morning helps because nothing else has happened in my day. So I can like wake up and immediately my brain just went from sleeping to God. And I'm not like talk thinking like business or calls or to-do lists or doctor's appointments. Like I'm still like, nope, until eight o'clock, I don't have to think about anything besides God. And that really, really helps me to hear from him and to eliminate distractions. So. Drive in the car with no music today on your way home and talk to God the whole time or do it on your way to work, but get in a place where you can hear what is your next step and then write it down so you can stare at it and you don't forget it. And you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here